0: And we are live, ladies and gentlemen, the Anglo-Italian Pods Euro Review Mondays, our second Euro Review Monday of this year. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Anglo-Italian Pod. You can find us on Twitter at ItalianAngloPod, but also you can find the page of our great sponsor at Sports Club Maps, both on Twitter and on Instagram. And Rory, it's a first today. Well, of course, I'm Tommaso and I'm here with Rory. And Hello. Uh, and Rory, what's what's new today? It's uh, it's the first time in the pod that we're going we're doing something similar.
1: Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm good. I'm not bad. First day um, at work. Monday's. Rory. No. 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 Right. Rory, I
0: meant, I meant. What's special about this episode concerning our sponsor? Yeah, you oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> I got completely lost. So, what is special? Well, we're, oh, we're not live, so it's fine. We can just edit this out, right? We can just edit this out. Nah, I That's my work. Right?
0: I think we're live on Twitch and YouTube, and there is somebody oh, watching it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, well, anyway, it's special because we will be doing a live prize giveaway at the end of the show. It's exciting,
0: right? Yeah, it's super exciting. We were running this uh, this uh, giveaway on Instagram. You simply had to follow our page, follow our sponsors page, tag three friends on the comments, and then you could uh, be selected to win some of the special prizes that Sports Club Maps puts in display on their brilliant website, uk. The winner shall be announced at the end of this episode. But since Sports Club Maps is all about clubs from all around the world, this time around we are not going to start from Italy nor England. We are going to take a quick look at the other headlines across Europe. Rory, I will let you go.
1: Well, the first league that caught my eye this week, and I think it caught everyone's eye, is the instantly memeable picture of Lionel Messi shrugging as he walked past Pochettino. Now, this is, thankfully, thank God they won the game, right? If they'd have gone on and lost that game, there would have been serious questions asked, I'm sure. There still will be, but just what is going on at PSG? I don't know about you, Tommy, but I saw this as like a potential power play from Poch, right to be like don't forget i'm still the boss right you if you're not pulling your shift then i will sub you right but how did you see it
0: i just uh, well i cannot help but look at the whole situation like this like all the protagonists of this game are from the same country they're all from they're, they, they all come from the same country argentina so the protagonists mm-hmm. are messy the manager Pochettino and then Mao Riccardi, who scores the winner, and he does not get along that well with Messi. So that makes it all the funnier. Now, about Messi being subbed at the 75th minute and doing that face, and then going back to the bench and just like discussing with Paredes mm, about the fact that
1: another Argentinian, right?
0: Another Argentinian, right? So there is a bit, well. Argentinians have a strong, well, just look at the last names, Messi, Pochettino, Icardi. They're all Italians, so they can be a little dramatic when it comes to these things. (laughs) A bit
1: hot-headed, I think. A bit bit hot-headed.
0: But man, like, I I, I don't know. Well, it's just funny. Years back, I remember this from the top of my head. Uh, The manager from um, the head coach of Argentina went all the way to Barcelona to talk to Guardiola about how to handle Messi in the locker room. Mm. And Guardiola told him a few guidelines. And one of those guidelines, well, among them, there was talk to him very little and just about essential stuff. Make sure the players around him know exactly what they need to be doing around him. And three, you never sub Messi. Not even for a standing ovation at the end of the game. There was a quote also that I saw today from Messi three years ago when he said, I don't like to be subbed out. I'd rather sit on the bench for 80 minutes, come in for the last wow. 10 minutes, because in the in the ending, in the final minutes of a game, it's when you can really make an impact, when you can really decide uh, the outcome of the game. So never sub me out, but I, I would rather be subbed in. I just think it's funny from a character like Messi, who is 34 years old, Uh, he's been in the game for so long, he should be setting an example for the other teammates. And I don't think it's a great look to walk off the pitch and make such a scene in front of your younger teammates when you are the star that you are.
1: Mm. But I've I've heard stories like this about Messi before that he does kind of... Because I remember reading a story about when he was at Barcelona and they had like a vending machine and there was a ban on fizzy drinks. And he went to the vending machine and in front of Guardiola just bought himself a Coke, opened the can, drank it, and was like, drop me. If you know what I mean. And I think... You hear these stories about... I think Ronaldo really does have the reputation of being like the diva because he looks like it and he acts more obviously like it. (laughs) But I feel like Messi definitely has his diva moments, um, which I think when you're that good and you're that like you know, much of an icon, you probably have the right to a little bit.
0: Um, well, and, and I mean, if Ronaldo is not like the guy that you sub out and he's going to smile at you and be like, the well, sub, yeah, exactly. The manager. <laughs> I remember last year, a few death stairs with Pirlo when he was first appointed manager at Juventus and he subbed Ronaldo out and it was in the headlines of Italian newspapers because that's something that you, don't, don't do yeah 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 i don't know but, I, I, I f- yeah sorry one last thing i think yeah, that Messi is yeah. also f- fucking itching for that first goal in a psg jersey while ronaldo has already scored four for manchester united so definitely two very different transfers but sorry what were you gonna say
1: well i was gonna say the the substitution worked right icardi came on and they scored and won the game so ultimately pochettino has been redeemed um and I think, look, for the league, we all were hoping that PSG would lose, right? I think I'm fair to say that we all hoped they would lose. Um, it does still mean they've got a five-point gap at the top of the table, followed closely by Marseille. And, Revelation team last season, even more of a revelation this season, R.C. Lons in third place with still unbeaten three wins and three draws. This team, now last year, they just finished below the European places. uh, Kind of faded towards the end of the season after a great start. Again, they've had a great start. So hopefully this season they don't fade. They'll be the team that we'll be keeping an eye on a little bit. It'd be good to see them back in Europe. I remember Arsenal playing them a long time ago in the Champions
0: League. And what was the outcome of the game? Oh, Christ. I have no idea. I think...
1: We beat them. I remember I used to have the program from that game randomly. I don't know where I got it from, <laughs> but I did have the program from RC Lons versus Arsenal. I'm sure it but was bro, them.
0: Go Lance. You always, you know that we always back a foreign team in the foreign leagues. I think we're going for Lance this year. Maybe they're not going to push for the title, but that Champions League spot looks inviting let's move to germany rory where a certain erling haaland after saying that he feels like he should have more goals than games he finally makes it 69 (laughs) goals in 68 games for he's done it
1: he can retire He, he can retire now he's he's ticked the box there you go
0: can i just say one thing i just shared it with you rory but i never mentioned it on the pod two years ago um Uh, Juventus were in talks to sign Haaland from Salzburg. I sent you that screenshot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were in talks to sign Haaland from from Salzburg. But Rayola was just like, he needs to be guaranteed playing time. And Juventus were just like, well, with Cristiano Ronaldo, we're not sure we can do that. So, we'll pass on this guy and we'll sign Dejan Kulusevski. Sliding doors, right?
1: And the thing is now, I'm sure we'll get into it, but Kulosevsky is not getting a look in now at all either. Ooh. So it's like even, even worse. Like every club is followed by these stories of uh players they missed out on or players they could have had, but that is a particularly that's a particularly bad one. That's yeah, it's like it's one. like
0: the history of the, the story of Ibrahimovic at Arsenal rather than, you know. Did you have, have to? Me. I really <laughs> had to. It was the first one that came to my mind. But it was the same story of Messi at Como, uh, mm. a small town on the lake outside of Milan. The scout just said that he was a little too tiny and he would never make it to Serie A. Things to differently, but I'm um, <laughs> uh, man. What about, talk about Holland, right? The what goal about goes. what about that goal from Holland, man? Did you see it?
1: Ooh. It, it feels like. That could have not been that could have been like unintentional, but because he's so good, it just went in. Like he just threw his foot at it, right? And he was like kind of falling backwards. It was a half volley kind of thing. But it's just, is that good? Everything he touches goes in. I don't know. It just it couldn't have gone in at a more perfect angle. What a goal. I just can't help but think he just kind of swung a leg at it though.
0: I, I mean, it's uh, I think that when you know that you have the talent, you also know how to swing your leg that, well, yeah, correct, yeah, that so. exact yeah. way. That was an insane goal. It was an Ibrahimovic-like mm-hmm. goal. I think it's already a contender for Bundesliga goal of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, you could say that it was unintentional, but if I tried to do that, <laughs> the ball would just... Well, if I, if I managed to get a touch on it, it would probably go straight in front of me outside of the pitch. So you really like it gave it that little curve. That little kind it. of
1: curve. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking if I did it, it would just go behind me and I'd put my back out, probably.
0: I'd be out for a couple of weeks. Most likely I would fucking hurt myself, yeah. <laughs> and my foot, I think everything about my body would hurt after that one. But no, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I think that this guy is going to break all the breakable records in the future. He's, how old is he? 20 years old? Still 21. Mm-hmm. And he's got a huge career in front of him. And um, it would be interesting to see if Norway can kind of build a competitive national team around him in the following well, year. Well,
1: they've got a few players around him. Er, Decard is, uh, you know, stealing my heart quickly. I feel like they have got a few players that are like building up a bit of a team there that hopefully it would be great to see them in a tournament they've not been in a tournament since 98 off the top of my head so yeah a little bit of a team building and with Haaland up front you're guaranteed like a goal a game
0: pretty no, much yeah, right a hundred percent anything else in uh the Bundesliga the um
1: anything Inter can do Bayern can do better as Bayern slap new boys VFL Bochum 7-0, but the big headline is Lewandowski only gets one of those goals.
0: What? I He's genuinely, genuinely
1: thought he'd have a hat-trick, or six of them, I'll be He's honest. He's washed
0: up. He's washed Done. up. Done. <laughs> Done.
1: He's passed his peak. But that does mean that in the Bundesliga, rather predictably, Bayern are, of course, top on 13 points, but they're joint top with Wolfsburg. And Dortmund only one point behind in third, with Leif Kusen on 10 points in fourth. So, they've not ran away with it just yet. Um, so, things are looking quite interesting there. But, yes, Bayern are still top.
0: And in Spain, there is a certain someone who has scored five goals in five games and assisted once. And uh, he's done so while the La Liga president said, you know, I'm not very phased about Messi leaving. We've got a lot of talents in our league, and one of them is vinicius jr so the la liga president singled him out and he delivered and guess what his goal and his assist this weekend mean an incredible comeback from real madrid against valencia now rory you watched the end of that game how was it to to look at those two goals in the at the death of time pretty much
1: Absolutely gutting because I genuinely put Dazone on about, like, oh, let's sit and watch Real Madrid lose. And then within two minutes, <laughs> Vinicius had equalized. And then within another minute, Benzema had headed the winner and I just turned it off and went to bed. Um, Valencia was sat far too deep. They really were obviously it's like the 80-somethings minute. They were just thinking, right, let's just see this out. Hopefully we can hold on. Unfortunately, they couldn't, but Real Madrid were giving it absolutely everything. The interesting thing was, the guy who scored for Valencia, and I think his name is Hugo Doro. he was on loan at Castilla last season. So, Real Madrid's second team, from Catafe, and they decided not to buy him, not to purchase him, said, no, the guy's not good enough, we're not interested. He then signs for Valencia and scores again. So, I thought that was quite a nice little story of vengeance. But ultimately, Real Madrid did get all three points. That does mean that they are top of the table. Two points clear of Atletico, who could only manage a draw. And then, of course, that puts them three points ahead of Valencia. But Real Madrid kind of looking a bit inevitable now, with Benzema and Vinicius forming a bit of a partnership.
0: Rory, uh, sorry, guys. For those of you who are watching, it's about time to introduce you to my crazy cat. She supports Juventus. She's black and white. <laughs> I had to show her. She was chewing on the cables, and so I had to remove her. So here she is, Mingus. There you go. Say goodbye. But I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's gone now. <laughs> but I'm, um, No, what I want to say, Rory, do you think that Benzema can rank in the top 10 strikers that you've ever seen in your lifetime?
1: Top ten strikers I've ever seen. Oh god, I'd have to prepare for this one. Potentially, yes, but you know that I'm naturally inclined to say no because I don't like him. I would find ten other strikers to be better than him, I think. Caputo,
0: caputo, <laughs> yeah. see me. Uh, but, you know, uh, Cotone, um I think look, I think right now I don't know, I don't know them, but I think that Lewandowski, Suarez, and Benzema. They they are always going to stick out in the if we want to go by decades in the 2010, mm-hmm. 2020 decade. Those are the three names that will always stand out. And it's incredible to me after all the abuse that is also rightfully received over the years, over like all mm-hmm. the criticism there has been around him. He's a winner, man. He's a winner. He grew up in a tough neighborhood in Lyon. And ever since he's delivered, he played for Leon And ever since moving to Real Madrid, he hasn't said a single word. He's always trained. He's always played for whatever teammate he had along his side. And there, there has never been like strong transfer u- rumors about uh, about him. And it was a great quote by Florentino Perez, who, I mean, he's got a lot of shit quotes. But last I'm year there was true. a very there was a very good quote about him talking about Benzema and saying that he. Really embodies all the values of a big club like Real Madrid. Natural born winner, baby.
1: I I would I would agree with the fact that he mirrors the values of Real Madrid. Yes, I think <laughs> they're
0: probably very well suited to each other. The like blackmailing your best <laughs> friend and shit like that. <laughs> Talking yeah, behind like the back probably... of the people that you work with every day.
1: <laughs> they're probably it, very well suited. Very but well it's also suited.
0: funny that the assist. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. For his goal came from. Vinicius Jr., who is the guy that last year he referred to as the guy who is playing against us. Do you remember that? I do remember that.
1: Another case of Benzema being a fantastic teammate and human being. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, Rory, anything else to cover in La Liga before we jump to our leagues of expertise?
1: No, I think, should we just jump to England to go for the Premier League? Because it was a bloody mad weekend this weekend with lots of arguments going on.
0: We need to start from Newcastle Leeds because that goal by Rafinha, it's beyond me. So Rafinha, guy Rafinha, is
1: so good. Rafinha well, is so
0: good. Also, who is the guy that did the dummy? He's like the forward for Leeds. Um, Not Bamford, no. He did it brilliantly. I didn't check mm. the name, but I was like, the first time I watched the play, I thought he had scored uh, a back heel goal. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you re watch it and he just does a dummy, right? But I've never seen such an emphatic dummy. He literally jumps up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, opens yeah, yeah. his leg, and that it's Rodrigo. Thank Rodrigo, you very much. Thank you. Hopeless oh, yeah. Wanderer. Uh I mean that means incredible awareness of the power of the shot, the direction of the shot, because hadn't it gone in, he would have looked like an idiot, he knew mm-hmm. exactly where that ball was directed completely left the goalkeeper dumbstruck and i i just loved it I, i've never seen a goal like that like it bounces below your legs and then jumps in it was beautiful to see
1: bielsa ball at its finest well Rafinha's is a player that's kind of been i think he's really impressed ever since he joined the premier league really he's just a really like entertaining player to watch lots of flair dribbling like pace i think he's a really really entertaining player and i was extra happy cuz i had him in my fantasy team this week so that was a nice little start to the weekend um but do you think it was the goal of the weekend? I think there was a few contenders. I'm going to put Messi-Lingards in there for contention. Ooh.
0: Yes, absolutely. Also, Rory, you're getting pretty sick at predictions. You said that the Lingard would score. You said that towards well, I the end me, of It was obvious
1: it was going to be West Ham. You said, you, said, you, said, you, said,
0: you said, I think Ronaldo will score, and then towards the end of the game, Lingard will score. and <laughs> It was spot on. And you know what? None of my
1: accumulators came in this weekend. So again, <laughs> I cannot bet, but my throwaway uh, predictions do come in. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, which one do you think? Lingard or I think they're the two, they're the two contenders for goal the weekend, right?
0: I think Lingard is more sheer skill. Um, mm. Rafinha got lucky that he had a very smart Rodrigo understand exactly yeah. what he was doing. So I, I think Lingard has got the winner. But Congratulations, also, Messi Lingard. But also, if you like headers, and the other night, well, we'll talk about it when we do another special about our favorite footballing YouTube videos. But I love headers, and okay. uh, Thiago Silva had an incredible header for Chelsea. A great header! That I just love header. like those pinpointed editors, But Rory, let's start from the incredible Burnley versus Arsenal. I let you go for a second as I lock my cat inside the toilet because she's freaking the fuck out.
1: Um, okay, I'm going to go... This is going to take as long as it takes Tommy to lock a cat in a bathroom. <laughs> Here we go. Second, so, guys. I think... um I'm going to start with... I was having a... I mentioned with Tottenham that a lot of one nil wins in a row, your luck will eventually run out, right? So, I feel like I need to caveat that before I go into how great Arsenal have been. Um I think 1-0 wins, we do need to be more convincing. Uh, we do need more goals. But... What I have been impressed with is the fact that our back, our new back five um, with an average age of 23 is still yet to concede a goal. Now, of course, that is against Norwich and Burnley, two of the weaker teams. But I think it's, if you compare our defensive performances since we've had this back five to the defensive performances against Manchester City, Chelsea and Brentford, where it was completely different, I feel like that's a sign of encouragement. I really, really do enjoy Martin Odegaard. I think... 30 million for that guy is an absolute steal. Like when people were um, saying Madison or Odegaard, I was always, let's just go for Odegaard. Madison is not worth 70 million. And I think this is a proper bargain price for Odegaard. Um, I think the team's looking a bit more confident. Look, am I confident ahead of the derby? Watching Tottenham completely collapse against Chelsea, I wasn't scared. Right. The only thing that scares me is that Harry Kane hasn't scored all season. He's definitely going to score next weekend. Uh, that's definitely going to happen. But I'm quietly optimistic ahead of the derby, especially as it's at home. Especially as it's at home. I think we're kind of on our way to turning a corner. I really do like the signings we've made. Tommy Arsu has been incredible since he's turned up. It's only been two games, but he's been really solid. Um, him and Ben White are working well together. Gabriel is mad underrated. He's a very, very good defender. I think we're turning a corner
0: for Wilson. I think it's very important for Arsenal to get a streak of results and the uh Right now, we've got two consecutive wins um, after you know that that started to the season, and I think now it's very important not to hit a wall against the Spurs. And not hitting a wall means maybe even drawing the game. So I think you're going there with two results that could make you well happy: a win or a draw. All you don't have to do is a is a loss. Um, but yeah, I do think I do think that maybe things are starting to turn at Arsenal. We shall see how the rest of the season goes. I feel like over one year and a half of the pod, we've been saying that a lot. Oh, mate,
1: I've been saying it for 10 years, but he also, oh, this is the young generation that's going to, this is the young generation that's going to, uh, hopefully it's fucking this one. I'm tired of waiting.
0: Friendly wager, says Max Heger. What does it mean, Rory? Uh, I assume it's on the game, but I still
1: owe him from the bet from last year, and I do not want to lose my thumbs. So oh. I'm going to wait until I've paid my debt before we make another bet. Fucking can get in all my dirty washing out in public.
0: But anyway, wow. shall we move? Rory, you, you, you guys, never bet with Rory. He doesn't pay back. All right, fine. Let's yeah. move, <laughs> let's move to the to to the London derby: Spurs Chelsea zero three. Now, Rory, I'm looking at your notes. Uh, halftime switch to three five two. Is Tuchel the best at changing games? I've been reading a lot about Tuchel recently.
1: Man, the guy... Like It was so weird because the first half, Tottenham were really, really good and Chelsea were just so off it and it just felt like like Tottenham were able to run through the midfield. Tottenham were controlling the game, having the better chances. Still nothing from Harry Kane, despite Tottenham being on top. But the first half, they were really good. Then all Tuchel does is bring on Kante and the whole game... And Kovacic, maybe? And the whole game changes. The whole game changes, and all of a sudden, Tottenham cannot get their foot on the ball. They cannot get out of their own half, and it's just one-way traffic. Chelsea just battering them. I feel like Chelsea are the most complete team in the league at the moment, like by some distance. Um, About to show...
0: About Tuchel, a journalist from the Daily Mail, his name is Rod Draper, he has reported some of the techniques used by Tuchel in training, which will appear, which will feature shortly in his biography. So there are these two writers working on Tuchel's biography, and uh, this journalist from the Daily Mail just reported a few of the techniques that he uses in training And they are very interesting, Rory. Mm. One of them is always call the name of the player you're passing the ball to. So basically the first name, not the last name. So this is an exercise to kind of like keep your mind cool while you're playing. And I was reading up on it, and it's apparently a technique used in basketball training. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they will ask you questions like simple mathematic problems while you're passing the ball, and you have to solve them while you're passing the ball around. So what's six times five and as you're looking at the game you're running oh, you try to it. think of something oh. else exactly yeah very good job right <laughs> you were sitting down or what else does Tuchel do train with smaller balls or train with bigger balls so having basically it seems like he kind of likes all these mental things everything that is going to stimulate your brain to think of something differently And the thing that I found the most interesting is that at Mainz, apparently he once gave the training pitch an hourglass shape so that the players would solely use the central areas of the pitch. In fact, the following weekend, they were about to play Stuttgart, whom were very strong on the wings. And guess who won that game? minds did so it sounds really like i remember i'll be honest uh when he was appointed at chelsea Mm, we i I might have called it yeah i might have called it a bit of a panic signing like okay we have to fire lampard let's just call up a big name but i will admit i don't know everything actually by doing the (laughs) podcast i learned a lot of things as we're preparing for the episodes and I'm reading more and more and more praise about Tuchel and his uh, training systems and the way he changes games with substitutions. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was an article about it today as well.
1: Well, this is yeah. I think he's the most like tactically adept manager in the Premier League, and I think it is my um, one of my biggest misses <laughs> on this pod is when I said Tuchel is a really uninspired appointment and it's not exciting for anyone. We've definitely had our got fair
0: that. share. We've had our fair yeah, share. Of
1: yeah, yeah. But I definitely got that one wrong. But I feel like his the football's really exciting to watch. His team is incredible. <laughs> like I, I think they're still the favourites for the title. Right? We can see how this weekend went, and I think from the performances and from his personal performance, um, we can see that they're going to be. If you finish above Chelsea, you win the league, right? Like mm-hmm. they're 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 going to be right there.
0: Yeah, and Lukaku didn't score a goal. But they still have Luk- to look
1: Lukaku was very, very quiet. Was very quiet. Um, I've, in the first half, he didn't have a touch in the opposition box, I don't think. Or he didn't have a shot. Like, he was very, very quiet. I think... I don't want to start the narrative again, but um, I'm, I'm going to say Arsenal aren't a big team. But in the big matches, Lukaku has been quite quiet against City. He was very quiet. And now against Tottenham, he was very quiet. Arsenal, we just played into his hands. But I feel like... Maybe he gets lost in games a little bit, and he got lost against Spurs.
0: Um, well, he, and that was against
1: Eric Dyer. That guy's terrible.
0: Let's say that having experienced two years of Lukaku at Inter, I can tell you that as ma- as great of a player as he is, the games where he doesn't show up, he feels like a heavy presence. He's a big dude, and when he performs, it's all fun and games. When he doesn't, you really tend to single him out. You're just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck has Lukaku uh, yeah, What the fuck yeah. has Lukaku been doing? But similarly, it's a bit like Icardi. You know, Icardi, back in the day, my dad used to hear all of these, like, read articles and hear on the radio, Icardi, 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 Icardi. And then one time we were watching a game together, and until the 70th minute, he was like, what about this Icardi guy? He hasn't done anything. Then 75th minute, comes the boy and, and he scores a goal with, like, his fifth touch in the game. He's one of those, like, number nines that don't get a lot of touches, but, but when they do, they tend mm-hmm. to capitalize quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think I think that's probably fair, but I just feel like he got a little bit lost this game. Um, Tottenham completely collapsed second half. Chelsea look absolutely terrifying. And they are, exactly, weirdly, they have mirrored exactly Liverpool's results. So they that's have great. had exactly the same results, same goals scored, same goals conceded. And I think that is like a perfect example of how tight this title race is going to be, yeah, right? And like, they, and very it is going to be
0: close. Yeah, and they both tied against each other.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that worked. It was a
0: stupid joke. I was was just looking at the results as well. There was a picture on Instagram, that were mirrored. And then I was like, ah, they both had a 1 1. All right, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. let's move on. West Ham and Manchester United 1 2. The first thing I want to say if I was a Manchester United fan, I would love this Portuguese connection Bruno Fernandes, Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: I absolutely despise them, but I was thinking exactly (laughs) the same thing. If I was a United fan, I would be like overjoyed with one, how good they are, and how much they piss other fans off. Like, you would love it. They were, Ronaldo, I think it honestly was embarrassing the diving that he was up to in the second half. I saw the pundits saying that. Now, from what I saw, none of the penalties on Ronaldo were a penalty. Right, You can correct me if you disagree, guys, but I think the first one, he runs into Sufal's leg. He kicks the ball away, then runs into Sufal. And the second one with Zuma, he's falling before Zuma even goes. And and then there was one from a corner where the guy slightly touches his shoulder and he hit the deck. And I was just like, if you concentrated on actually trying to score more than getting a penalty, you'd be 3-1 up now. Like, it just seemed like his focus was much more on trying to get a penalty for some reason. And it was absolutely infuriating. But him and Fernandez are playing incredibly well together. Ronaldo, of course, scored. Um, But Tommy, right, I I put in my notes, what is a penalty? Because I am so confused as to what counts as a penalty now. I, I have no idea. Like, he against burnley burnley against arsenal i think burnley should have had a penalty i think we got really we really got away with one there um west ham definitely should have had a penalty when wambasaka went through the back of Suchek. no idea why that wasn't given um i just i don't know what qualifies as a penalty anymore
0: Look, I started following, I've talked about it before. It's unfortunately it's only in Italian, but right now Facebook is doing the translations, So you can just click on Visualizza Traduzione. They cover uh, view translation. They mostly cover Serie A. There is this very good page called Errori Arbitrali. E-R-R-O-R-I. Arbitrali. Errori Arbitrali. It means refereeing mistakes. And it's a pool of guys that have I'm, I'm assuming they are they have studied or they are currently starting to become referees that post the screenshots of questionable episodes and they say whether the referee did the right thing or not. And they actually, what's very interesting is that they put the number of the rule with the explanation next to it. But man, I am confused as well. Inter Milan was supposed to, according to this page, I think I even think that they are Juventus. There are a majority of Juventus fans, but they're very okay, impartial. Right. They're very, very impartial. And Inter Milan have been denied the two penalties that were very clear penalties so far. I don't know, man. I know the mistakes that you're talking about, the the questionable things that you're talking about because I saw them online as well it's difficult. It's difficult. And I don't understand what's even more difficult. I don't understand when the VAR is supposed to come in or yeah. not. It seems like at their discretion,
1: right? Like it seems like the people in the VAR stand will say, okay, you might need to take a look at this. And then beyond that, that's the kind of system. I I, I don't know what system there is. Um, I feel like there was a really good start to the season with VAR. And then, Especially in Brighton versus Leicester as well, that was a pretty terrible decision. There was a few terrible decisions there actually, Um, and then this United West Ham game. I think there could have been more penalties. Like I honestly do not know how that West Ham one wasn't a penalty. Blows my mind.
0: By the way, just very quickly, we were talking about uh, Germany earlier, but I did read today that uh, Julian Nagelsmann the. RB Leipzig former coach now coaching uh, Bayern Munich he said that it would be a brilliant idea to introduce headsets uh, for managers to speak with the captain during a game how do you feel about it
1: wow i quite like that idea that's it's like, like in very the nfl
0: it's like that's in the very NFL.
1: nfl isn't it talking to the quarterback the entire game um wow would that have a oh do you think that would do your head in if you were a captain?
0: I think that would be so infuriating, right? I mean, the first, the first comment I was talking about it last night with the boys while we were watching the big game Juventus AC Milan. My friend Francesco said right away, "Can you fucking imagine Conte screaming in your ear oh, ninety minutes straight away?" <laughs> with Conte, I would just be like, "Hey, Antonio, look at me." That's how yeah, yeah, you, dude. It's out, you, Like, it's not done. gonna happen. I think I think, that, I think it could be interesting it could be an interesting I'm open to technology in the game as I was open um as I was open to var and I still am but I think that var needs to be i mean needs to come in needs to come into action in a clearer way or gonna, simply yeah. they have fucking screens in front of them they will know if it's a penalty or not just be mm. like dude penalty award it there you go off you go but hopeless it's, wanderer uh, the, the, feels <sighs> like it would ruin the game. Hopeless wanderer, the name already suggests that you are a romantic, nostalgic. It feels very FIFA-like. But yes, let's try to bring it technology for one year. But and I then think see how it goes.
1: I think if we're going to have headsets in football, give it to the referee. If we're going to steal anything from NFL, headsets for referees so they can explain decisions to the bloody stadium and to fans. That right. is the headsets I would bring in. That is the thing we need to
0: see. like? Person number twenty-five, offensive foul. It <laughs> just looks, yeah, and they have all these hand weird. signals. <laughs> Manchester United number seven. Fuck <laughs> you! Stop diving. <laughs> Let's move on, please. But I'm a uh, United, top of the league. Deserved, Rory or not? Um,
1: overall. Probably, yes. I just can't understand. I saw um, Carl Anker, who's a great football uh, journalist, he covers Manchester United in particular as well. He tweeted, I can't figure out if United are lucky because they're good or good because they're lucky. And I think it it kind of summed it up. I just can't... They always seem to get the rub of the green and that last-minute goal or that last-minute thing. And you think... Okay, yeah, fair play. Maybe they're destined for it. And the rub of the green this time was David Moyes massively overthinking and not taking any inspiration from England's horrific penalty shootout by bringing on Mark Noble, who has barely played a game for his first kick of the game to miss a penalty now. The first thing is David. Feels like a hasn't... very
0: English thing to do, right? Oh, There's honestly is a certain it's... European Championship final. I don't remember the year <laughs> uh, where well, the. What? <laughs> what happened, Roy? It was the well, same thing.
1: A friend of the show, Tom Wayne, just turned around and said, he messaged on WhatsApp just, that is very West Ham. Like for us to like try and show off on a penalty to rescue a point. Our legendary captain comes on and then misses the penalty. And David De Gea, who hasn't saved a penalty in about 10 years, finally saves one. Nine
0: years, (laughs) nine years, he finally (laughs) saved one. But guys, if you think that Man United or Chelsea are going to win the title, you are wrong. Because down there in the southeastern coast of England, there is a seagull. I fucking did the geography right. There is a seagull that is flying super high and the Seagull is Brighton. They defeat Leicester 2-1 and they are now in Champions League positions. Rory, I said they would be the Revelation team of this year. Seagulls, you did, you did. By the way, the, the page on Instagram Seagulls social is going crazy. There was a tweet by somebody <laughs> who said, Potter is unreal, man, and they reposted it saying Voldemort when he bottled a 7-0 Horcrux lead. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. I love it. I love it. Look, Brighton, I've finally, finally found those Gs. So they beat Burnley 2-1 in the first game of the season, then beat Watford 2-0. They then, unfortunately, lost to Everton, but they managed to beat Brentford 1-0. And this weekend, they have beaten the Mighty Foxes 2-1. Now, to say this was a fortuitous win would be a bit of an understatement. I think Leicester had one, maybe two. They had two goals disallowed. I think maybe one of them shouldn't have been disallowed the first one. I'm not sure how much the player was um, blocking the goalkeeper's view or kind of interfering with play. Um, but Brighton and the penalty they got was a bit soft. I think like the Vestergaard's arm was in a bit of an unnatural position, but it was headed straight at his hand from point blank and he was kind of falling backwards. I feel like it was a bit of a harsh decision. But that being said, Brighton got the three points. Danny Welbeck scored. Um and they're looking really good they're looking really really good we've said for a while they play great football last year everybody knows that they just couldn't convert their chances and this year hopefully if they can convert their chances then who knows where they could get who knows
0: but i think it's always it's always good to start like this like you've got the little the little booty of points and you keep it there that's like for a team like Brighton, anything could happen across the season. Definitely, it feels like one of the few teams that were they were promoted last year, correct? So they come into the league. No, no, no they've they, been
1: in the they've been in the league. It's the third years year. Now,
0: it's the third year, but um, yeah, they've okay. they've become kind of regulars and they've kind of adapted to the league. They've changed their mm-hmm. playing system, and I mean for Potter last year, there were inter there was some interest towards Potter from some big clubs, namely Tottenham. I remember, Wow, well, exactly, um, back in yeah, yeah, back in June, July. And, uh, I mean, I don't know, they've created a nice atmosphere and it feels like they can really push for something bigger than anybody could expect. Rory, we still have the entire Serie a to cover, but I'll let you quickly go with uh, Aston Villa, Everton, 3-0, the most played top-flight fixture in the history of English football.
1: Nice little fact there. Um, this was all about Leon Bailey. That guy has just slipped into the Premier League like he's like a comfortable slipper, like he's never been anywhere else. And he's absolutely killing it. That goal was unbelievable. Matty Cash got his first goal for the club and an assist, had him in fantasy as well. Boom, that was a great one. But I just wanted to give it uh, like the um, exciting players that are uh, kind of gathering for Jamaica now with them having Antonio up front. And Bailey, they're getting a bit of an Ivan Tony, getting a bit of an exciting team there together. And Bailey is just, what a player. And I've seen a VFC Billy, who we had on our first episode of the series, has been going yep. mad on Twitter all weekend about just how in love he is with Leon Bailey. So, yeah, it's, check his goal out. Just what a player. We We said, yep. I, I actually the, want to blow my own trumpet a little bit and say he was my well, potential signing of the season at the beginning of the season. And so far, I'm feeling quite confident about that shout.
0: Imagine making that impact in 21 minutes of active playing time. Leon Bailey comes on the 61st minute, scores at the 75th, gets injured at the 82nd, and gets awarded man of the match. I mean, what is that if not some very convincing 21 minutes on the pitch? Go Leon Bailey. We are all about it. And then what is worse than one shot on target – to entice your fans to splash out on tickets. I'm referring to Manchester City and Guardiola, and this was a direct quote from James Richardson at the Totally Football Show.
1: I, don't, um, I do not
0: I, I i do not know the verb to entice of course it sounded like a quote i had stolen from it's a somebody. great
1: verb it's a great word entice um uh, all i saw was guardiola moaning after the game about lack of squad depth and having to play games <laughs> yeah i know right and um having to play games midweek you know, you, you've had to play games midweek since you got to manchester pep since you were at barcelona you've always had to play midweek games And also, you spent over a billion pounds on the squad. Please don't moan about squad depth. Please, like of all the things you can moan about, that's not one of them. Like you have spent more money than everyone else. That's
0: it's not our fault. It kind of feels there was also that huge uh, fallout with the Manchester United, Manchester City organized supporters that said, uh, "You're a great manager. (laughs) Stick to managing. Shut the fuck up. We have our reasons for not showing up and everything." It feels like he's really going out of his way to sort of like lay these bricks of hatred between him. I mean, it well, feels he's, like he's preparing... He's, he is a difficult departure.
1: person. We know he's yeah. a difficult person, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, his relationships have been fairly kind of ruined with most people. I think a lot of players kind of say he's a genius, but I don't like the guy. Like, So I feel like we kind of know what kind of personality he is. Um, a very boring game. Nothing really happened. I think Man City are just going to fade away this year. I don't know. They'll still get top four, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the title
0: race. We shall see. We shall see. We still have 18 minutes with you guys. Thank you for following us. If you're listening on a Tuesday, next time, try to listen on a Monday. We are live from 8 to 9 p.m. Central European time, which is from 7 to 8 p.m. British time. Did you get a chance to watch some Serie A this weekend, Rory? I know you did. I watched a lot of Serie A this weekend, and I really enjoyed all of it. I have a question for you. Goal of the weekend. Lorenzo Pellegrini versus Verona, Davide Faraoni versus Lazio, or Simone Bastoni versus Venezia? Because these three goals were out of this world. So Pellegrini for Roma scores on the... Wettest pitch that there could be on Earth. Everybody was sliding after every pass. Everybody would fall down. The guy manages to run towards the first post and backheel it into the net while running. That's the first one. Then Davide Faraoni for Verona against Lazio against he Roma just... against Roma. Sorry, against Roma. Sorry, 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 against sorry. Roma. He just lifts it up with his uh, left foot and then just hammers it in with his right. Underneath the crossbar, bounces on the line, goes in, and then Simone Bastoni versus Venezia. Maybe my favorite because not many people mentioned it, but one second before he attempted to go for the opposite corner. Mm -hmm. The ball bounces against the defender, gets back to him, and then he pings it into the opposition corner, into the opposite corner. Which one do you think was the best, Rory?
1: I'm going to say, I agree with Hopeless Wanderer Pod and say the Veroni goal was an absolute screamer. And what a goal to win the game. Like, I saw the stadium in Verona was going mad. Was that their first win of the season, potentially? Um, Let me
0: check. I think so, yeah.
1: I think it was their first win of the season. So the fans were were going insane against a a Mourinho-Roma team that have been looking very intimidating. What a goal. What a hit. I was a little bit disappointed because, obviously, I like Roma. But what a goal that is definitely my goal of the weekend in Serie and,
0: and Davide Faraoni is not new to these things. So Faraoni used to play for the youth team of Inter Milan and he was uh, he started playing with uh, he started becoming a regular. I don't remember who was the manager, maybe Stramaccioni, but um uh, he scored an incredible goal from outside the box at the San Siro. I was at the stadium and I remember that the Gerard Piquet, for some reason he retweeted the goal and said, oh my God, what's going on there? Davide Faraone, congratulations. He's not new to these things. One of those careers that are always going to look interesting. I mean, maybe he's going to get a big move somewhere sometimes, but he's a Serie A and Serie B regular. He's played a shit ton of games, and he's got the volley in him. This was the first game of the weekend, the Spezia winning against Venezia. Rory, you got to see this game. What did you make of it? Um, Spezia versus
1: Valencia. No, I didn't watch that one.
0: <laughs> oh, you I didn't, didn't watch one. No, I watched um,
1: on Saturday. I managed to watch Salernitana versus Atalanta in the evening. Um That was a very
0: frustrating game for Salernitana fans, right? It was. I feel like they're just so close
1: to getting something, but just not quite there. Like, and all it took was Atalanta that one goal, and it's game over. They knew that Salernitana were never going to score, and it was just. Oh, a bit disappointing. I think even already you can see the Salernitana fans' faces just being like, "This is going to be a long season." Like it's, it's, we're in Serie A, but it's not going to be a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and next year we're going to be in Serie B. (laughs) Sassuolo have only got four points in four games, and maybe that's what happens when your manager De Zerbi goes to Shakhtar, when Locatelli goes to Juventus, and when Caputo goes to Sampdoria. On the other hand, Torino, who are playing exactly Sassuolo, got their second win in a row. And over the last two games, they've scored five conceded zero and remember they are the, the italian team with the lowest xGA in the league which is expected goals against in other and news if you compare that no. to
1: how they did last season that is a hell of a turnaround now and obviously they've got a new manager now right and it is a bit of a kind of upturn. upturn but compare that to last season when they looked like they were going to get relegated that is an incredible turnaround over a couple of months
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah. considering their form last year, the first two games, they lost them against Atalanta and Fiorentina. Atalanta and Fiorentina are much Mm. better teams, but they managed to score in both games. So I think Torino are going to be an interesting revelation, so to say, this season. Just like Fiorentina. Fiorentina get a very nice win, even without Vlahovic scoring, who is also saying he's pretty much as good as Haaland. It was a quote-unquote uh, that I read that there is an interview coming out on The Zone. He said, Haaland is much faster than I am. For the rest, we are even. Rory, what do you say?
1: Well, we were talking about this off-air, and I think Vlahovic is obviously very good, but I feel like Vlahovic is going to be louder than Haaland without being quite as good as him. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like obviously, obviously Vlahovic is going to be a world class striker. I think we can all see that, right? He is unbelievable, but he's not Haaland, right? That's he's not Haaland.
0: He, I mean, Holland is one of a kind. We'll we'll see where Vlaovic gets. I just know that kid is extremely exciting. He he looks very focused. He's got an incredible drive. He didn't manage to score. The goals came from uh, Sapunara and Bonaventura. Mm-hmm. So Fiorentina get another three points, and currently they are sitting. Three Fifth with nine points out of 12 uh, this season. So definitely a very good start. Their manager, Italiano, he used to coach Spezza last year. We know he's no mug. Mm-hmm. And he's really showing that he can assemble a team that plays well and also rotate it quite a bit. Because there are a lot of names at Fiorentina. They've got a pretty big squad Let's talk about Inter Milan walking all over Bologna, but Andanovic really not wanting to give me that plus one for a clean sheet. (laughs) He's going to annoy you all season. You know that, Tommy. He's going to annoy you all season. So in Italian fantasy football, when your goalkeeper (laughs) gets a clean sheet, you get plus one, right? But really, if you think about it, it's a plus two because if he gets minus one, then Mm -hmm. it's going to be his grade minus one. As I was explaining this to Michael, which just like, you know, because plus one in fantasy football really is plus two. Bim. go. It wasn't his fault. He even dived. He even dived. However, I raise a question. Why once you have already dived? Don't you stretch your fucking arm all the way? Baby
1: steps, Tommy. It takes him first. He learns to fall sideways. Then he learns to extend his arms. It's baby steps. It's he like a, a gradual process.
0: Look, he had Bologna barely shot on target. He had he had a few he had a few things that Andanovich these days doesn't do anymore, like punching the ball in the air before the forward gets there. It was good. I would have loved that plus one. Whatever, 6-1, 15 goals in four games is a Serie record since I don't know how many years. I didn't write it down. Um, and what was the special shirt that Inter wore about for? So this is a question that is coming from the Hopeless Wanderer podcast during our live stream. They are basically uh, the design. We used to have a similar design when our sponsor was Misura instead of Pirelli yeah. at the beginning of the 1990s. The colors were not quite those. These colors are in between those colors from the 1990s and the LGBTQ plus ah, flag. Was, okay, so right, it's right. a special edition to celebrate the fact that Internazionale Milano, we are brothers of the world. We are beyond racism. We are for equality. And we score six goals against Bologna. That's <laughs> more importantly. Yeah, yeah. No, but the, the, really the takeaways for me in this game are three. Uh, monumental, screenier. Uh, once again, oh. after the Real Madrid game, he was monumental. He scored a header. Do you remember when he used to be benched under Conte? Yup. Mm-hmm. Those days are way past him. I think maybe they even were useful for him to really understand. Uh, maybe he wasn't working hard enough in training. Right now, he's really showing up. And what I love about him and De vray, De Vrij is the one that stays back a little bit and screenier progresses. And we have a few beautiful rotations. When you see Screener advancing, there are a bunch of other players dropping back to cover for him. The other big point is Dumfries, whom Rory fielded in fantasy football, got him an assist, we can call him the basically the uh the nemesis of Ngolo Kante because he never smiles and he looks angry <laughs> as fuck all the time. He's was...
1: constantly glaring at people, constantly yeah. glaring. He's
0: got he's got these eyes like this. They were interviewing him and he said it was a very good game. Um, I'm really glad, but now it's time to go back to work. And I was like, Man, I'm all about it, Denzel. <laughs> cool, there you, go, you do you,
1: you do you, man. Yeah, and yeah. jokes
0: aside, he is doing really well, really well to make us all forget about a certain Akimi, Which is no easy job for anybody, but this guy, he's not as confident as Akimi when he progresses along the pitch, but man, he's he's a good player. I for like my him. my
1: fantasy, is he going to start every week now?
0: I think he might. I think he might. Okay. I think he actually might. We shall see. Because I
1: kind of took a gamble on him starting this week, and I was like, oh, thank God. And then he actually came in and turned it on. I was like, I hope he starts every week now, because then I know who can play for me.
0: And the final point about Inter Milan is Di Marco. Guys, if you're followers of the pod, you know how much I've played a violin below his balcony last year. Federico Di Marco, he is really performing at Inter Milan. I love everything that he does. He's great at just finding the pass. He's great at running in empty space. He's great at assisting. Now, the goal by Milan Skriniar. I do believe if he, if, Mil- if Skriniar hadn't touched the ball, I think the the corner kick would have gone one centimeter off the post. It was just that beautiful. Rory, did I cut off? You cut off? No. No, no, no. My internet is just
1: giving me the warning, but hopefully I'm still with you.
0: Luckily, we still have six more minutes. Rory, I have a question for you. How many Serie A goals have you scored before the age of 30? Uh,
1: Wait, there was that? Uh, No,
0: zero. (laughs) (laughs) Zero. So think about Francesco Caputo for Sampdoria. Before he was 30, he had scored one Serie A goal. After he turned 30, he scored Fifty. Now, So I you're look, saying there's
1: still hope. There's there still is hope. still
0: hope. You're still at zero before 30, <laughs> but you can work on it. It's a beautiful story, guys. This is a professional footballer who's never given up on his dream. He's done it all. Eccellenza, Serie C, all that bullshit, Serie B, and then eventually come to Serie A, and teams wanted him. And right now he's doing well at Sampdoria. He scored a brace. Great win for the Blue cerchiati. A goal also the by first goal was,
1: The first goal was great as well. It was a really nice finish. Um, I was really impressed with him. Obviously, I was watching that game because I'm sorry we keep going on about fantasy, but I had quite a lot of Sampdoria players in my fantasy team, namely Qualiella and Damsgaard, and neither of them did anything. It was all Chico Caputo and Candeleva. I was quite annoyed, but a great performance from Sampdoria in. The pouring rain, it looked fucking grim. All the Sampdoria fans were in the bit with no roof as well. I felt so sorry for him. Stood there for an hour and a half. At least they won. At least they won.
0: Right. And the Roman clubs, the second to last The big news is that the Roman clubs, after a great start, uh, namely Roma, they come to a halt. Roma lose 3-2 against Verona. It was a very closely contested game, but in the end, uh, Verona came out winners. With that goal from Davide Faraoni, if you haven't, go check it out right now. But also Lazio, they draw against Cagliari. And ladies and gentlemen, he is back in Serie A. He's a Serie A legend. He goes by the name of Walter Mazzarri, the most present Serie A manager since the year 2000. We will cover it in another episode, but he's got a bunch of great quotes. One of them was, we played Pretty well until it started raining. That was the quote. Okay. It, that was on national television. They're like, What do you think about the game? We were playing very well until it started raining. So, what? You don't train on the grain? And then there was another great quote that said, Considering the situation, we played a great game. They had lost that game. I don't remember which team he was coaching. He said, A okay. player wasn't feeling well. Another one had a temperature and one even played with diarrhea.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you for sparing the details. <laughs> right, was... but
0: Walter Mazzari snatches a draw from Lazio in his first game in charge of Cagliari, and he also, and this is another thing is well-known for in Italy, he gets a yellow for aggressively kicking the ball <laughs> away. <laughs> Within one, game. Within you one love, game. You love to see it. The ball gets to him, and it's just like... <laughs> Like throws a fit and kicks the ball away, and the referee just goes there. He's like, Welcome back, Walter, yellow card. For you
1: he's he's like a manager who takes over. Is he like a mid-table manager? Because I seem to remember him being at Napoli for a while. He did um, great, he
0: was the first manager to bring a trophy to Napoli after Maradona. So he oh, won wow, Coppa, right, okay. he won the Coppa Italia at Napoli, and he was coaching mm-hmm. that incredible trio of Cavani, Lavezzi and Hamsik. Ah,
1: okay, yeah.
0: Then he's coached a lot of well, his last big spell was at Torino and Mm. everything was going wrong at Torino and everybody, well, we were wondering last year, what the fuck is he still doing in charge? He (laughs) even managed managed Inter Milan. The quote about the rain is actually from his his Milan days. Was that during the
1: Pats? Well, the even more Pats years than...
0: No, yeah, yeah. and there is another great picture of him eating a water bottle out of frustration. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the dugout, and he's leaning over this plastic water bottle and eating it while it's full of water, which is also very difficult to do. But finally, (laughs) Rory, the the big game of the weekend was Juventus-Ace Milan. We don't have that much time to cover it, but didn't it feel like a Premier League game at times? The rhythms were so high.
1: It really did. It was a pretty intense game. The first half was like Milan were terrible first half. Milan were really bad, but Juventus kind of, they weren't much better, but they were a bit It feels
0: like a thing for AC Milan. They don't really get into the game. We saw it at Mm. Anfield as well until like the 35th to the second half.
1: Yeah, I feel like, but, but you're right. It was a really intense game, really like fast paced, lots of tasty tackles. Um, I was particularly impressed with Tonali from Milan when Milan did finally start playing. Tonali was very, very good. Um, it's good to see Chiesa come on, even though he didn't really do much and he was played a bit out of position from what I could see. Um, he, It was good to see him back out. And Morata, with confidence and composure, oh my God, like with all the time in the world running at the goal and he managed to actually put it in the goal, I was genuinely surprised. I was genuinely surprised.
0: Uh, the other big headline is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Olivier Giroud were both ruled out for the game this is so unfortunate when you invest your money in such young strikers and they get injuries yeah. you, it's gotta be all frustrating all the promise is
1: gone and you know all the promise the is gone yeah
0: get well soon they are 30 years old combined hopefully they're, guys we're gonna hear these names for a long time in the future <laughs> God bless Zlatan and Olivier but really so yeah overall it was a very intense game Juventus dominated, controlled the game for 55 to 60 minutes. Then it kind of started feeling like AC Milan were coming back. They did. And Allegri. Now, this sounds so funny to me. The man is officially back. In a post-match interview, they asked him, so what went wrong? And he said the substitutions. He said on the 1-0 I brought in uh, Chiesa and Kulusevski, I believe, while I should have brought in more defensive-minded players because, quote-unquote, the game was in our hands. Massimiliano, you're winning 1-0 against a very good team, it's not the time to start doing a the catenaccio. They're going to come at you. It's the
1: least exciting football in the world. Like the least exciting outlook, the least exciting, just everything about it. I was like, oh God, you know what? To an extent, I'm glad this guy didn't end up at Arsenal because if I had to watch that like, football, I think I'd hang myself.
0: Yeah, and uh, the other thing, well, you already mentioned Tonali, Rebic as being a deadly substitute for Zlatan. Mm. He's assisted, he's scored, he's been doing it all over the past three games. Tonali, as you said, also had an incredible game. And then I want to mention another player who came in substituting Kier, and his name is Kalulu. Now... Mm. Kalulu holy shit, he's a centre-back, but man, whenever there was space, he would be running towards goal like a crazy man. He had that one-on-one with Chesney, right? And Chesney had a great game, had a great game, a great save, and I want to say one thing. Aren't we maybe too quick to call players washed up?
1: Um, and Now, I think with Chesney, there has been a string of mistakes. It's not been Mm -hmm. one mistake. There have been several high-profile mistakes. I think of like the Champions League free kick last year. Even though the wall was terrible, he should be stopping that. I feel like there's been a few high-profile mistakes that mean that Maybe they've not been too early, these calls, but he's shown that there's life in the old dog yet and he can still uh, pull off the odd world-class save because that was an incredible save. That
0: was Yeah, incredible. with one hand over the crossbar. That was beautiful. And uh, yeah, Hopeless Wanderer is uh, writing nothing to do about Juventus' performance, nothing to do with how poor Rabio was. Typical Allegri. Man, Rabiot, I, I, I really don't know. He was always late for every ball, like always late, always creating problems.
1: Within the first two minutes, him and another Juve player just ran into each other and bumped heads. And then Milan ended up with the ball and went for an attack. I was like, oh my God, is it going to be that kind of evening for Juve? Like, I think that kind of summed up his night. But they just, it was so funny. They just full on smashed into each other. They were like lying on the floor holding their heads. I was like, oh my God, this guy.
0: But there was another, just to wrap the Serie a weekend up, there was a very interesting quote by Stefano Pioli, a Simulans manager. He said, The effective time played in the game was 48 minutes, which I read today is at least 15 minutes less than the average that is usually played in a football game. So the average okay. is around 63 minutes, something like that, of effective football played. And it was actually a nice quote because he said, we all have to work on it Mm -hmm. as managers, the referees, and the players. Because he said, we will never be able to catch up with other countries Mm -hmm. where games are actually played for 65 to 70 Effective minutes. Yeah. yeah. Then when we go in the Champions League, of course we're going to struggle against these teams because they're used to playing a more fluid game. Well, that's
1: a fair point, actually. Yeah, I like it's, that. it's a very yeah, fair yeah.
0: point. And towards the end of the game last night, it had gotten to a point which was absolutely ridiculous. I loved it only because I could sense that a fight was about to start, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Dybala acted like a kid against Tonali, so we had a bit of a scruff. But in general, I agree with Pioli. We need. In Italy, we need to just play a bit more football and talk less.
1: I think that, well, when you've got players like Benucci on the pitch, Rebic, I never realized how mental that guy was. He is like, when you keep an eye on him, you're like, wow, this guy's pretty crazy. He was like shushing the fans and he was giving it all this. Yeah, there's a lot of players on there with a lot of personality, let's say, in that game.
0: And as we are speaking, the Serie A weekend is truly wrapping up with Udinese-Napoli, a very important game for me and my fantasy football woods. But guys, this is going to be a busy week because we've got midweek Serie A fixtures. So if you're listening on Tuesday morning... Tonight at 6 30, you've got Bologna, Genoa, and at 8 45, Atalanta, Sassuolo, and Fiorentina, Inter, which I'm very excited Fiorentina about. Fiorentina, Inter.
1: Oh, what a it's going to be a
0: good one. Now, Inter's calendar is after a slow start, Inter's calendar is starting to heat up. So we've got Fiorentina on Tuesday night, Atalanta on Saturday, Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League on Tuesday, Sassuolo on the 2nd of October and Lazio on the 16th after an international break. So, yeah, the calendar is starting to heat up. These are the games for Tuesday. On Wednesday, we're going to have Salernitana, Verona, Spezia, Juventus... Juventus still only have two points. (laughs)
1: Wait, wait, we haven't even mentioned that they're in the relegation zone, guys. They're in the relegation zone.
0: This morning, I woke up with a great picture. It was Allegri smiling, and it said, when you wake up knowing that you have doubled the points compared to (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) So yesterday, they had one, now they have two. Will the Bianconeri defeat the Bianconeri? That would be great to see. Then we've got Cagliari-Empoli and AC Milan-Venezia. It continues on Thursday with Sampdoria-Napoli. Could be interesting. Torino-Lazio. Interesting. And Roma-Udinese. Guys, Udinese, we'll cover it more on the Friday episode, but Udinese are currently sitting sixth, and they're playing Napoli right now, but so far they haven't lost a single game. And also this midweek... As Adam is suggesting us, we've got Rory. You pronounce it because I'm afraid of making no, a pronunciation mistake. Man City is uh, versus the, no, the Wycombe Wanderers. No, the Wycombe, yeah, Wycombe. Wycombe, Wanderers. Yeah, Wycombe, Wycombe, but close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Wickham Wanderers. I'm assuming that's for the FA Cup, correct? That's the League Cup this week. Arsenal
1: are playing AFC Wimbledon. Manchester United are playing West Ham in the kind of tie of the round. Um, But yeah, the league cup. You know, if you want to watch potentially a few giant killings, um, it could be worth it. I'm obviously hoping that Arsenal manage to
0: avoid being. Yeah, I was was going to ask you. I I was going to ask you who were you referring to? But um, guys, we're almost at the end, but it's time to reveal who is the winner of our first ever. The Anglo Italian Pod theme, oh, Sports Club. It map. feels
1: special. It feels special. Giveaway
0: now, guys. We're gonna get better at it. Meaning, we're going to find <laughs> a way where we can where where we can actually draw the winner while we are doing the live. But I can promise you that Rory and I gave a number to each one of the names that followed all the directions under their post. Then we rolled the dice. Old school. We don't need all these new age apps. And the dice said three now Rory I will let you say who number three was ultimately the winner
1: so it is my honor to announce the first winner of the Anglo-Italian feat at sports club maps giveaway is your friend of mine Carl Inoferio I hope I said that right congratulations so if you get in touch with us at some point um you send a message to Sports Club Maps. This is all admin and very boring, but contact us and we'll be able to sort it out for you.
0: Yeah, and uh, thank you for congratulations. Not showing, thank you for not showing up to the live, Carl. You're the winner. No, not even here. You're not, not even here. Even here. Um Carl, congratulations. Uh, we will talk about the products and everything. We're going to run these giveaways once a month. I would like to thank you, especially the Hopeless Wanderer, for uh submitting and all the other people that submitted and actually <laughs> and actually followed all the directions. Yeah, George Costanza from the um, from the Seinfeld show is getting is getting pretty, pretty <laughs> excited. Max is saying that it's rigged. Mm. Yeah, all these prices, right? It's rigged. Carl. Carl is the winner for this time. Guys, don't cry. There are going to be more opportunities. Rory, anything more to say before we depart?
1: No, I think that's everything. Um, I'm really looking forward to these midweek Serie A games now. Looking for the pictures, like, oh, there's some really good games. Um,
0: which needs, Rory, remember tomorrow morning to update your fantasy football oh, lineup. Oh,
1: crap. Yes, fantasy. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I need to update fantasy. Okay, good. I'll Guys, do that.
0: It's been a pleasure. Um, Remember always to tell a friend. We're having a great time. Season two kicking off. We've got a few more interviews lined up. We're ready to start with the month of October. Remember to always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Sports Club Maps. You know, the whole deal. YouTube, Twitch. I think it's time to go to dinner.
1: MySpace. Yeah, I can smell dinner cooking. I'm getting pretty hungry.
0: All right. Time to go. Thank you very much to everybody who tuned in and to everybody who listened on a Tuesday morning. Talk to you soon.